Hi, and welcome to the PhD Talk podcast. I am Eva, a civil engineering professor and blogger on the side. And I'm Rico, a PhD student in civil engineering. Join us on this podcast in which we discuss all topics related to PhD life, research mechanics, and lived experiences. There will be interviews and discussions with guest researchers and PhD students. We hope you stick around with us on the PhD Talk podcast. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the PhD Talk podcast. This is episode number six, and today we're going to talk about our goals for 2021. So just as we did with the previous episode in which we looked back on 2020, we are going to first look at our research and work-related goals. So Rico, what, what are you expecting or hoping to achieve with your research in the coming year? Yeah, so for myself uh, in the following year in 2021, which will be the third year of my PhD, the goal is to publish a paper based on our research. Uh, Most of the data acquisition, the testing is completed, and we're working on the data analysis, and now the goal is to get down to the writing. And so we're working uh, together, myself and a master's student, he's getting ready to graduate, he's writing his thesis, And so as part of that, we're hoping to publish a paper jointly with our supervisor and with a research associate. How about yourself, Ava? What sort of research work are you hoping to accomplish in 2021? Yeah, I I typically subdivide my work into separate categories uh, in which I set goals. So I have the category of writing, category of research, teaching, service, admin and for this year I also made one that is not really work related but more related to my blogging and uh, in terms of writing I as I mentioned in the session about the looking back on 2020 I have a number of papers that are in some form of drafting or then really need to be pulled together so I really hope to at least make progress on five of these papers to the point of being able to submit them. Yeah, that makes sense that that's one of your big goals. I mean, publishing and writing is a big part of the job for any academic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's actually the first time in four or five years that I don't have any book proposal or book contract that requires me to work on a book. Um, so I will be wrapping up the book on the PhD defense together with my co-author and I I hope to see that published next year as well but I'm not actively pursuing any book writing for the moment I I think I I can use a bit of a break yeah absolutely and um, besides the book you wrote on the PhD trajectory have you written any other books on uh, perhaps more technical topics yes I I worked as the editor of a what ended up actually being a set of two books because it ended up being quite comprehensive on low testing of bridges so in that case i and i started that in 2016 and the book then was published the books i should say were published in 2019 so it was a quite a lot of effort bringing all the authors together it it involved about 40 authors from pretty much every part of the world and I also wrote about half of the chapters of the book myself. So it was uh, quite a, an effort as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds like uh, quite an ordeal um, besides the writing. I mean, 
trying to wrangle 40 authors and have them submit their parts on time sounds like a, a real headache. It did involve quite some logistics, yes. <laughs> yeah, so luckily this year you don't have any uh, books on your plate. I know for sure that wrapping up the book on the defenses will require going very critically through the proofs. From experience, I know that always takes more time than I initially think. So I'm consciously not pursuing any new proposals at the moment until this one is really published and finished and off my plate. And then maybe I'll think about the next thing. Yeah, so I'm sure uh, myself and all our listeners are anxious to read that book and uh, see how it turns out. Thank you. Um, so we just talked about writing. And, and as I said, I, I look for myself in two different categories. Um, and my next category is research. So I wanted to ask you, Rico, first, what research tasks will you be tackling in 2021? Luckily, our testing wasn't much affected by the pandemic. We were able to get most of it done before the lockdown in March, and then one of the tests was uh, done during when things sort of loosened up in terms of restrictions. And normally we would want to have another series of tests uh, in order to fill up any holes we have in the data that we did collect. And now uh, because of the pandemic, we've sort of had to abandon that idea and we've turned to more of a uh, numerical based analysis to hopefully fill in some of the holes and um, be able to complete the, the PhD on time. Because, of course, if we were to wait for the lockdown to be over, then I wouldn't be able to graduate in a reasonable amount of time. So that took up the uh, later part of 2020, doing this numerical analysis work and trying to tie it into the experimental work that we've already done. And that's going to continue into 2021 you know, trying to replace that second series of tests with uh, some numerical work. And uh, how about yourself, Ava? What do your research goals look like for 2021? Yeah, I do have, at least my PhD student is ready to start testing her first specimen in the Netherlands. So one main priority for me this year are these experiments. And I really hope to be able to travel to the Netherlands in what would be the summer semester here in Ecuador so that I can be in the lab for some of the, the work. Related to another project of which I'm the PI, I, I have a PhD student who is who recently started on that project. So our focus with him would be really to define the research question for his, um, for his project and, and, and define the methods because he is tackling a much more broader topic related to the probabilistic aspects of proof load testing. So there's a lot there to, to possibly look at and we really need to, to define what we are going to focus on and um, which methods we'll be using. As a sort of side project for myself, for which I do not have funding, but that I really want to uh, do some progress on, is the work that I am doing on the relationship between the format of the PhD defense and student perception. I have done a survey on, on, on the topic and I'm sitting on the data, so I um, need to get to the point of analyzing the data and, and see if there's anything interesting that comes out there. I'm also involved in a, a project that is led by a colleague of mine that is related to uh, geopolymer concrete. So I'm 
involved in that project I, uh, from the structural aspect. So I want to contribute to the research uh, in that project. And I have one um, source of funding that I want to apply for funding from the United Kingdom. Actually, I pretty much have the proposal ready with my colleague in the United Kingdom, but since it's travel funding and, and collaboration funding, we we pause that a little bit until we have a better idea on, on when travel will be possible again. So I hope that we'll have the possibility to to actually submit that application and flesh out some of the ideas better. So that's what I have as goals for research for the coming year. I look forward to one day having a career in academia and being able to broaden my uh, research topics or the topics that I'm interested in, because obviously the PhD right now is uh, necessarily narrowly focused. And so uh, I uh, I look at what you're doing with, uh, you know, having a few different research topics, all sort of under the heading of reinforced concrete. And I uh, look forward to one day being in the position to uh, conduct research in uh, a wider range of topics. All of it relates to structural concrete. All of it, generally, all of it relates to bridge applications. Um, but that's about the uh, connecting, how do you say, it? the connecting link between the topics. I do typically work on industry or government-oriented projects that really answer a question from a Ministry of Transportation or a province with respect to a particular bridge or a set of bridges from the same type. So that's typically the what drives the research itself. Yeah, and that's very important as well. I mean, uh, engineers always want to solve problems. Yeah, I mean, basic research is also very important, but it's just not my field. So that's the overarching theme for my project is solving problems, societal needs. Yeah, and it's good that you have a common thread throughout all of your research that sort of ties everything uh, into one central topic. And what about teaching this year, Eva? Do you have any goals anything new coming up what's going on with that in 2021 yeah i have my final exam for my utq my university teaching qualification scheduled in february so i hope to get that certification i hope i will pass my exam well it's either a pass or a uh, make amendments to your proof of competence so there is no really fail option just a delayed pass um, so we'll see about that I also want to keep improving my online teaching. I want to find a balance between using all the bells and whistles of all the possible online tools and a more traditional lecturing style, as I do see it as a recurring theme in, in my evaluations from my students that they miss more traditional lecturing. Um, so I need to go back to the drawing board and see how I uh, how I organize my class for the coming semester. I also want to I'm involved with the redesign of the master's program of structural engineering in uh, in Delft, and I want to see how I can can get involved in teaching. Well, not an entire course, but perhaps a lecture or two in that program. There, um, I understood that. With the move towards online teaching, there will be an option to have a more hybrid, blended version of a course. So perhaps I can contribute there in an online way. Um, that also really depends on 
when I would travel there, what would be possible, but I would like to be involved with that. And in terms of supervision, if I go through the list, I hope to graduate four students, bachelor students over the course of the year and six master students from Delft. And I also hope to see two of my co-supervised PhD students um, graduate this year. So that's the teaching and supervision related goals that I set out for the coming year. Those are worthy goals, I think. Um, on uh, my end, I got my teaching assistant contracts for next semester. So I'm uh, really looking forward to that. You'll be teaching the same class as before? Yes, yeah. I have the same uh, classes or courses as a year ago because the courses repeat on a yearly schedule. And my responsibilities are to lead the tutorials. So um, it's not a lecture, but it's a tutorial period during which we do some review of the material and then solve some problems together. So I have to prepare that ahead of time. Yeah, and I look forward to uh, building on the material that I developed last year and improving it and also adapting it uh, more for an online environment. This semester, I had the opportunity to do some online tutorial leading or teaching, lecturing, and uh, I tried to take advantage of some of the tools available to us, but it wasn't with a real goal in mind. And so this semester, I've registered for uh, an online teaching um, seminar. And so hopefully that gives me some good ideas. You know, it's really important because we have all these bells and whistles. And uh, if you don't use it with a goal in mind, uh, it's not very effective. Yeah, I think what, what you said there of finding what the goals are and what each tool serves is really is crucial in not getting lost in, in all the, the new tools that are out there. Yeah, exactly. Because it's easy to use these things. But if you're not doing so with a real goal in mind, of trying to help the students learn or improve their experience in the course, then, you know, really what's what's the point? Or if, if they're learning something that is not part of the learning objectives or not part of what they will eventually have to know for the exam or the final project, then it's, it's a tangent. Yeah, and, you know, my goal as a teaching assistant is to really back up the professor and what she's teaching in the main lectures uh, in the course. So I don't want to use all these bells and whistles just to say I use them. And uh, importantly, uh, actually, this tutorial uh, that I'm leading in the coming semester is going to be hybrid online and in person. And so as of right now, of course, things may change. But as of right now, uh, we're going to be having a sort of reserved system where only a certain number of students will be able to attend the actual lectures. The rest of the students will be able to view them online. They're, they're going to be recorded. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to, you know, having somewhere to go. So a reason to leave the house basically is something I, I'm, I'm excited for. And then in terms of uh, in-person activities, um, being able to attend an actual in-person conference would be fantastic. And even better than that would be to present some of the research uh, that we've been doing over the past, uh, over my PhD, over the past two years. And so hopefully towards maybe the second half of 2021, there's some conferences uh, that are going to actually occur in person. And, uh, you know, so we can attend those and do some networking and meet people in the industry. You know, that's always something that uh, I enjoy doing. And so I look forward to that. Are you looking at any conference in particular or does it really depend on what will be available in person and when and where? 
Yeah, exactly. So it really depends on uh, what's available. And uh, I've been attending some of these online conferences. A lot of them, uh, including the ACI one, are offered uh, for free for students um, now that they're online. And uh, I'm not opposed to presenting on one of those, but of course, we need something to present. So that's priority number one, is to do some writing and uh, get some of that research in a form that's able to be published and presented. And I know you're active in um, service, Ava. So do you have any service or uh, administrative goals for the coming year? Yeah, I actually do have a big one for the journal of which I'm editor-in-chief, which is ASI Avances in Ciencias y Ingenierías. I really hope to get the the journal indexed by Cielo. So we are on a multi-year path to hopefully get indexation in Scopus and World of Science. And Cielo would be a stepping stone in that process. So Cielo is really more a, a Latin American indexation, um, but it is a stepping stone towards Scopus. I've been struggling to keep on top of my task for the journal and, and just to get a constant influx of uh, articles and organize some more targeted special numbers related to conferences organized by uh, our university. So that is running well now. And now the next step is to get further indexation. We already have Latin index, so Cielo would be our, our next big step to take. In terms of administrative things, I've been struggling with my email backlog for the last year and years, I should say. So I, I have developed, and I think it's a typical thing, right? Professors don't answer their emails. And I feel really bad about it, especially if it comes from students. So I already set up the system of different folders and reserving time in my agenda to actually answer, for example, teaching-related emails. But I really, this year, want to get through my backlog and get to a place where I can maintain a certain form of inbox zero throughout the year. But say, saying that, I currently have a backlog of 201 emails that, that now sit not in my inbox, but in these different folders, but it's still a backlog. Yeah, and I'm sure by the end of our uh, recording here today, you're going to have uh, quite a few more. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we were having in-person meetings with uh, my professor, and he would have his laptop open and it was a constant stream of emails coming in to thing to thing to thing to thing. It was nonstop. Yeah, and it's it's something like I don't want to let people down, like somebody who needs input from my side or a student who has a question. I don't want to let them down, but it's also so distracting when I need to focus on, on reviewing something or writing something. So it's an ongoing struggle. Yeah, I think that's uh, an ongoing struggle for a lot of people to maintain inbox zero. And uh, how about your blog and uh, things related to that? Do you have any goals for that? One of my goals for the blog for this year is to actually, well, the blog is, has its space and it's uh, known, uh, I think, by many PhD students. And not to say that it's like world famous or anything, but I think the ones that find it useful know where to find it. And I hope to uh, do the same with this podcast, that it uh, uh, gets the attention from the PhD students who find it useful. So I put that as a goal. And I also want to develop a few courses to support PhD students that are uh, in line with some of the things that I discuss in my books. 
as well as some other smaller topics that I've been thinking of that they are too large to make a series of blog posts on it and they're too short to actually write a book on them. So I, I think a better platform of that would be online courses. So I'm exploring that and seeing what I can do with that. Yeah, well, I fully support those goals and uh, I look forward to doing the podcast with you in uh, 2021 and uh, hopefully it uh, grows and we can make this really successful. I think we've been doing a good job so far, so I look forward to it. Good. That's what I had for work-related goals. I think we can move to personal goals. So Rico, do you have any particular personal goals lined out for the coming year? Absolutely, I do. So uh, after speaking to you uh, last week, I definitely want to bump up the amount of reading I do. And so uh, I don't think I could quite make it to 60 books this year, but I've set a goal for myself of reading 30 books by the end of 2021. Did you already have some titles lined up that you really would like to read? Well, yeah. So if, if ever I'm out and about and there's one of those big box bookstores, I tend to go in and pick up a couple of books. And so I've got quite a backlog now uh, waiting for me on my shelf. Uh, the most recent of which is uh, 1984 by George Orwell and uh, Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, both of which I haven't read before. And the other thing that I'm trying to do is use my Kindle more. So I tend to read print books, but I do have a Kindle and uh, I want to try and use that more because frankly, I'm just running out of shelf space. So I'm going to try and do that. What about yourself, Eva? Do you have any uh, big titles that you're planning to read or any reading related goals? Um, that's a good question. Last year, I used the prompts of the blog of Modern Mrs. Darcy to outline 12 books that I really wanted to read. And I found that the 12 books that I outlined or that I selected with these prompts, many of them were among my favorites of this year. So I think yesterday or two days ago, she released a new approach on how to organize your reading life for 2021. So I've set aside some time next week uh, because now she made like a seven-page workbook to see how you want to improve your reading life and which prompts uh, you would select for yourself. So I'm going to go through her workbook and based on that, select some titles. And I also have a, a large number of unread books on my on my Kobo that I would like to get to. Yeah, maybe I should give that a go. You know, normally I just pick books sort of haphazardly, but maybe it's worth it to sit down and make a structured list for the year. And if I had to pick one book that I really would love to get through this year, uh, it would be Don Quixote. It's sort of been on my shelf mocking me for about a year now, so I really want to get through that. I did start years ago, I think in probably 2013. I started reading The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, and I got into it a little bit. And I still hope to pick it up again and still on my list of books I'm currently reading in my Goodreads profile. So maybe I will tackle that one. But I need to convince myself to some pep talking to myself and set aside time. It's not something to read in my bed. Yeah, I find those types of nonfiction books can sometimes be a slog to get through. And recently I've discovered a book or a rather a book series by the Oxford University Press the title of which is A Very Short Introduction. So it does what it says on the tin. They're short books, about 150 pages, and they give you a short introduction into a topic. And so the one that I have is on ancient Egypt. You know, maybe I don't want to read 800 pages on ancient Egypt. Maybe I just want to have like a base sort of understanding uh, of the history of it. 
then I can pick up this book and at the end of it, it gives me additional reading. So if I decide, wow, this is a topic I really like, then I can read more in depth. Some of the criticisms of this series is that it sort of is a very superficial look at a topic. But in my opinion, you know, we it's nice to read in depth. It's also nice to read a bit more broadly. And so you're able to expose yourself to multiple or many different topics relatively quickly. I definitely agree with that. I have a few uh, fitness-related goals because I'm sure like a lot of people, um, I've let my fitness slip during uh, 2020. Unfortunately, with the uh, lockdown, I'm not really sure when the gyms will be open. And of course, during the winter, cycling becomes a little bit more difficult. But uh, my concrete fitness-related goals this year are to, first of all, take a ballroom dancing course with uh, my, my fiancé. That's sort of a typical thing that you do before the wedding, but I always wanted to do that, and I hear it's quite a workout, so I uh, can't wait for that. And the other one is, and I'm embarrassed to admit this as a proud Canadian, but I never learned how to ice skate, and so now we're we've moved into uh, moved in together, and uh, close to us there's a couple uh, ice rinks uh, sort of set up in a park, and so I'm excited to finally get out there and uh, learn how to ice skate. Do you have any uh, specific fitness-related goals for 2021? Yeah, I didn't set any fitness-related or like sports-related goals because my knee is still awkward. So I, I want to get that fixed or give it time to heal first before I, I start to see what I do next, except for the last weeks where I just got into the clause of the end of the semester. I'm generally happy with where I am in terms of finding the time to exercise. And I know that I won't get to the same level of strength or speed as I was at the end of my 20s or before having kids, but I'm okay with that. I, I enjoy keeping myself involved in running and, and some weight training and, and my yoga for my general health. But related to that, I do want to get more sleep. I did put that as a goal for myself because I have been working late a lot and then waking up early kind of burning the candle on both ends and I do notice that it's not good it's not healthy so I I did put that getting more sleep and hopefully averaging eight hours per night and what would you estimate you're getting right now in terms of hours of sleep it's not that low I, my Fitbit calculates it and I think it is around seven hours and a few minutes per night but it's very irregular like during the week I will burn myself out run on five hours of sleep and then I just crush on the weekend and knowing that it's the weekend and that I can just zone out and, and stay in bed I, I can sleep 12 hours and then I lose kind of the entire morning of the weekend so I, I want to get more regular sleep. Yeah, it's easy to get into the habit of chronically not sleeping enough and then trying to make up for it on the weekend and you end up you know, ruining your, your time off your weekend. And I've been doing it since I was a student, so it's a difficult habit to break. Yeah, I, I have to take a page out of the book of my fiance because she's a real early bird and I'm more of a night owl. So I have to learn how to switch my rhythm or my productive hours from late at night to more in the morning. Um, I think that's that could be a goal for myself for 2021. I, I tend to work always a few hours after my daughter goes to sleep, but then I start to do something and before I know three hours have passed and it's it's late and then, then I know oof, I have to get up early again tomorrow. 
Yeah. And do you have any other uh, maybe smaller goals, minor goals, personal goals in, in that sense for 2021? Yes, I do have another goal. And it's uh, something that has been pending for many years, but I want to improve my handwriting. So I have the worst handwriting in the world and my students complain about it frequently. Like I mark up a master thesis, for example, and afterwards the student's like, um, okay, thank you for the comments, but what exactly do you have here? And also I, for my teaching, I write on the whiteboard and I know that I've already tried to practice a little bit in these past weeks to get back to a nice cursive handwriting and it does require me to slow down a little bit. So I want to consciously work on that because my scribbling can be fine for myself or taking notes. But if another person has to read it, I probably have to put a little more love and thought into my handwriting. Yeah, I think you have to pull out your old uh, elementary school workbooks and uh, and take some lessons from them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and the issue is that I was so bored in elementary school that I never properly practiced cursive handwriting. I just, I thought it was going so slowly that I started to invent all like different ways of writing the same letter instead of practicing the proper cursive. So I know I cannot be motivated to go through, you know, copy work or anything related to that. So I, I'm trying now to, to find ways to take more notes by hand and, and consciously slow down and, and try to write in a legible way. I have something similar that I've been trying to do uh, over multiple years because myself as well, I noticed that my handwriting, the quality of it was sort of slipping. And so what I did is I try and identify uh, specific letters that perhaps are less legible than the rest and then make an effort uh, in my writing to correct just that one letter. And then over time, I found I've been slowly improving my handwriting. And uh, for myself, it's easier doing it that way rather than try and revamp my whole, uh, all of my handwriting all at once. And uh, what else are we missing in terms of goals? Do you have any others uh, written down that you want to share? That my personal goals, I divide them typically into self or really things that I want to do for myself and then relationships. So things related to friends, family and uh, community. And I did put there that I really would like to visit my family and friends in Europe in the coming summer. But that all depends on the restrictions and when they will be lifted. Yeah, myself as well. Uh, I would love to be able to get out and do some traveling. You know, I don't necessarily have family in Europe, but just to be able to travel again uh, would be fantastic. We've been locked up for so long. Yeah, and I also have a uh, family-related goal. And in this goal, I'm taking a page out of the book of my fiance because she's really good with this, but the goal is to call family and friends more often. And so my fiance, if she's in the car on the way back from work or what have you, she'll call her her friends, she'll call her mom, she'll call her aunts. And so that's something I want to do more of. And uh, especially during the time of the pandemic, we don't get to see everybody. And so it's easy to lose touch, especially with, uh, you know, some of my, my friends from school. We tend to, you know, we share memes on, on the shared group chat or, you know, we share sports results or that sort of thing. But it's not the same as calling somebody and asking how they're doing. So that's something I want to do more of in 2021. And then on the topic of personal goals, uh, the big one for me is to finally get married. My fiance and I, we got engaged in 2019 and then our wedding was postponed because of the lockdown. And so if I could do just one thing in 2021, it would be to get married and uh, finally you know, start the, the new chapter of, uh, of my life. 
And I'm sure my fiance would feel the same way. I know she's been really suffering with uh, having to postpone the wedding. I hope things uh, stabilize with the pandemic and then you can make your wedding happen. Yeah, I hope so too. But uh, we'll see. I'm hopeful for 2021. I think there's one more thing that I wrote for my for myself. And that is I want to find more time for creativity. I I've noticed that with working in the evenings, which is usually my time for creative endeavors, that not consciously setting that time to be doing anything creatively, whether that be uh, playing music or writing for fun or, or any of, of those random creative endeavors, I, I feel that it makes me a drier researcher. So I know that I need to consciously carve out a time to work on creative endeavors to be able to think more freely and more out of the box for, for research purposes as well. Although the goal for me to do creative endeavors is more to nourish myself and my need for that rather than to you know be a better researcher. It's just, it has a positive impact on it. Yeah, it has the uh, side effect of making you a better researcher in addition to improving your life. So you play the, the cello, correct? Yes. Yeah, I used to play classical guitar, um, but it's been at least a year or more since I've picked it up. And so maybe that's something I could uh, set myself as a goal for 2021, you know, depending on how the rest of the goals go. But that's a really interesting insight that you find that being creative helps you as a researcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of my personal goals for the year is to improve my French and Italian and practice them more. I live in Quebec, so uh, my French is pretty good. It's it's definitely serviceable. But I, what I found with the pandemic is that it's easy to not get out of the house too much. And, you know, most of my friends and family, we're, we speak English to each other. And so I don't get as many opportunities as I used to to speak in French. And uh, similarly with Italian, normally that was just with my grandparents and now, obviously, we're, we're we're not seeing each other as much. So that's something I want to do uh, more of in 2021, improve my, my language abilities. Um, and I guess that takes the same part of your brain as the creative or the creativity that you were talking about earlier in terms of um, stimulating a different part of your brain that maybe you don't use as often. There's some essays on how language forms your thinking that Noam Chomsky wrote. Um, I forgot the title of them, but they're related to language and how the language that you use for thinking influences your actual thoughts. Yeah, the example I heard about this was, uh, I believe they were uh, Native American languages in which there isn't a word for left and right. The only direction words are north, south, east, and west. And so because of that, the people who speak this language or who were raised learning this language always know which direction is north, south, east, and west, because that's the only way they could orient themselves. And uh, so I think that's related. And one of the things that the teachers of my daughter from the toddler activities where I took her said is that in Spanish, people use a lot of passive voice. Like they would say something like, instead of I broke it or I dropped it, they say se rompió, it, like it broke itself. Saying that makes it harder for children to be responsible for you know, things that they break. So I, I often tell my daughter, no, it didn't fall by itself. You pushed it and then it fell. It, it's okay that it happened, but it fell because you pushed it. It didn't fall by itself. And then she looks at me like, all confused. Like, how is, how is that? Yeah, like, uh, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, no, I think that's really important in, in order to foster a sense of, you know, ownership over your actions, both good and bad. 
So we've been talking about our goals, you know, both professional and personal. But do you have any thoughts about what happens when the pandemic throws a wrench in those plans? So obviously right now there's a lot of uncertainty about what this is going to look like. But do you have any contingency plans um, regarding the pandemic or how it develops? Yeah, I've set rather conservative goals this year. I, I usually have a lot of goals that relate planning trips and I have not included anything like that because I don't know when travel will be safe. I don't know when there will be sufficient vaccines available here in Ecuador because I think the first batch of vaccines that is supposed to come will only be 50,000 of them for a nation of 16 million people, if I'm correct. So I think it will take some time before we get access to the vaccines here. But suppose then mass production of the vaccines will happen and transportation is not as much an issue as feared and I, I get my vaccine soon, then uh, certainly I would want to plan a larger family holiday, uh, which is something we haven't had in the last two years, actually. And I also, as I said, I am planning to go to the Netherlands, but the time that I will spend there and whether I go alone or whether I take my daughter with me, that all depends on the pandemic situation. <laughs> of course, ideally, I take my daughter with me so she can see her grandma in, in Belgium and she gets exposed to the Dutch language, which I find very important for her. But if it's not safe to travel for her yet, or if I cannot figure out childcare while being there uh, on my own, uh, which is not easy, then I, I will need to leave her here in Ecuador. Yeah, well, I hope that works out and that you and your daughter are both able to travel together. You know, I think we all need to do our part and uh, stay inside, wear our masks and follow all the recommended uh, procedures. How about you, besides uh, when and with the number of people that you'll be able to celebrate one of the most important days in in your lives which other parts do you see affected by the end of the pandemic or not the end yeah well there's definitely conference travel and uh, spending time with family and friends i know that once the lockdown restrictions end we're gonna have a lot of weekends of uh, getting together and having dinner together and we have a lot of time to make up for but in terms of all the other goals, I don't think they change very much given the pandemic situation. I think what happens is that they just become a lot more pleasant, you know. So we're able to have more students in the classes, um, able to interact with students like face-to-face -face and uh, that sort of thing. So it just becomes a lot more pleasant if the pandemic restrictions come to an end. Yeah, I think at least this pandemic made us realize the value of our friends and family and our communities. I really think it did. Um, at least for myself, I'm a, a lot more aware of how important family and friends are. Yeah, and for me as well, what I miss a lot is my daughter having the, the ability to just, you know, run into a park and play with another kid. Um, she's been only seeing one other child. And other than that, she's been on her own, which is not ideal. I mean, luckily, she's healthy. She's developing well. She's a she's a happy kid. She has her her dolls to play with and Paw Patrol to watch. But it's not the same as being able to run around freely, play, and everything. Yeah. Well, let's keep our hopes high for 2021, and uh, hopefully, we accomplish all the goals we've laid out here today and a whole lot more. And uh, I look forward to 2021 and making it better than 2020. That's for sure. So thank you, everybody, for listening. 
this has been the sixth episode of the PhD Talk podcast in which we discussed our goals for 2021, both our professional and personal goals, as well as discussed the impact of the pandemic and end thereof on our goals. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join us next week in the next episode of the PhD Talk podcast.